Hey, that was a solid opening. Let's Everybody, go. Audio's working. Let's go. No scramble video. Are we good? Possibly. Amazing. 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 Hey, we're doing Still the SEC early. West today. Uh, Graham and John and I are all here, ready to dig in. This is too deep to go into one. So we're going to take on the SEC West. With that, what do you guys got? Any big, big overarching themes we want to get into before we start doing any of the play, uh, the, any, any of the teams? Hmm. I mean, I think the SEC East has gotten a lot better over the last few years and kind of caught up to the West more and more. But still, uh, from a power rating standpoint, I look at the SEC West and there's five teams or so that I have in the top 20 to 25 mm -hmm. in the country, maybe even six, depending on what LSU becomes. I think that's a huge question that will determine a lot in this division uh, with some of these win totals. It definitely makes it hard if you're kind of on that number or you think it, it's going to fall one win or one loss away because that program feels really unpredictable right now. Uh, mm -hmm as well as Auburn. So it's, I mean, it's the SEC West, right? It's like, it's the, mm -hmm. as the world turns of college football, it's always fascinating soap opera and it'll be fun again. Okay. My yeah. question to both of you guys, how, uh, how many teams get above five wins in the, in the, in the league? In the conference? In the conference? In the conference? Yeah. Mm. That's tough. Oh, I'm not ready to answer that yet. Yeah. But, but I guess, I guess my point is, it looks like there's going to be a lot of four and four I, teams in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think my, my personal overarching theme is that the SEC West, uh, once you get past Alabama and maybe one other team that I'll talk about as we go along, is going to kind of cannibalize each other a little bit. I mean, you just have teams that very good teams, but they're also uh, pretty evenly matched when you look at the, the way that their style of play and their coaching and those types of things. So, Lots of toss-ups. I I see. I agree with you, Josh. I see a lot of um, the tricky part. I'm not prepared to answer how many teams are going to win five games because I haven't looked at the crossover schedule. <laughs> so who has Vandy? Who has Mizzou in the West? Right. Look at the crossovers, and then uh, then we can. I, it could be a situation time. where you're you're playing, you know, in Cupcake Saturday and need one more win to be in second place, or you could wind up in seventh. It's going to be, I think it's going to be kind of exciting because as you can tell, we're all on Alabama to win the West. Okay. Our, our first team up we got is Texas A&M and uh, here's their schedule. Boom. Nope. That's not their schedule. Oh, Here we 12 go. quarterback transfers. All right. <laughs> yeah. I think that, uh, I mean, the SEC West, like we were just talking about is already hard enough, but this is a, a pretty sneaky non-con slate. Like mm -hmm. Appalachian state, you know, you can't just mess around with it. I, I don't think that they're going to lose that game, but like it, it is a game that you have to have your head on straight for, right? Like if you come out there and trip over your own shoelaces, they'll make you pay for it. And then Miami, I think, you know, we talked about in the ACC pod uh, with John and I, I think Miami is a college football playoff sleeper and likely a 10 win regular season team. So that's a, that's a tough one to have rolling in in week three. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have to go through, if we're thinking that, you know, three wins is, you know, three losses is, you know, definitely possible for Texas A&M. They're going to need all, they can't have any slip ups non-con, like you said. I mean, UMass is, you know, just watch out for the Minutemen late in the year. I'm kidding. They're, they're terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. Interesting note on their um, 
first time in seven years they allow more than 20 points per game defensively Ooh. uh and they allowed just 20.6 last year um you know they but on the flip side they haven't they're they give up only once in the last three or four years they've given up uh, allowed fewer than four uh, five yards uh per play defensively they're at 4.8 and 5.5 so they're they've never put out a lights out defense um but uh, you know, sort of right around that five to five to five point two yards per play. But also on the flip side, they're a little more fluctuating on offense. Five point eight yards per play seems to be where they're going to be landing, and the potential uh, is six point five. But can they do that with uh, Max Johnson replacing uh, Calzada? And um, and you know, they've got a pretty a good running back. And uh, what's the guy's name? How do you say that? A chain. A chain. A chain. A chain. Yeah, yeah, 90, yeah, 90, 90 PFF grade, 6.8 yards per attempt, and 130 carries coming in. So they're gonna, I think they got potential there on offense. Mm-hmm. No, they do for sure. Um, but this is where I, I go back to. So I, I think I'm gonna go ahead and say this now. Every, not everything, but almost every like narrative that has been assigned to uh, the Kirby Smart era Georgia Bulldogs that's been false about development mm-hmm. and wide receivers mm-hmm. and not wanting to pass the ball. Well, all of that actually kind of exists on the Texas A&M side of things. Uh, They have been the second to last team in passing explosiveness in the SEC since Jimbo arrived. If it wasn't for Vanderbilt, they would be last. Uh, You look last year, they were 101st in the nation at yards per attempt with 6.8. They were 88th in the nation averaging 209 yards passing a game. They were 100th in the country with a cumulative team quarterback rating of 123. They were 93rd in the country with a 1.5 touchdown to interception ratio. And once again, with explosive pass, they were a 5.7, which was 101st in the FBS. Uh, the, the rushing game is better. Their rushing offense was, was 44th. Uh, o-line run push was good explosive rush rush they were seventh in the country but yeah scoring offense 29.3 points per game is 58th like there is a they are playing a style of football that is designed to minimize talent advantages instead of maximize it and that's my huge concern with them uh and i think you also look at what happened in the NFL draft process for Texas A&M players this year? Uh, Weidemeyer was a guy who this time last year was a projected first round pick. He runs a five second, 40 yard dash at his pro day. He gets cut by the Buffalo bills this weekend. There's all this talent infusion that's coming into the program. And I do trust them a lot more to, to make good on that defensive talent. I think DJ Durkin is a good defensive coordinator, despite his flaws as a person and some of the things that happened at Maryland, the guy can coach defense, but I don't think that Jimbo has modernized his offense out of the Florida state stuff a decade ago. And they're not taking advantage of a lot of easy things that most college offenses are. I'm going to just, we've been showing these graphs a lot. I don't know if, if I've even explained them, but these are the players that are returning to the roster with a, at least a 60 uh, PFF grade and a minimum number of snaps, you know, like a hundred, you know, whatever drop back. So you, as we go through these teams, you can just see the volume of players returning with, with uh, starting quality PFF grades. Um, on that note, uh, Graham, you're talking about some of the infusion of talent. They're starting a, a true freshman defensive end um, edge rusher, uh, Adelaide, right? Maybe anybody got, do we know? I, I don't know. He's I mean, project, like, he's projected start. He's projected. Yeah. I, I would like, I mean, looking in the secondary at some of the numbers that you share, Josh, uh, 
one thing that stood out to me was like they everyone in their projected starting secondary as of right now that played for them last year has a reception percentage allowed of over 65 percent which which is pretty yeah. high um so i do think like guys like denver harris and i mean they brought in a lot of great defensive backfield players they're going to want to get those guys into action at least by that miami game hopefully because i think if they don't tyler van dyke might make them have a very long day and i think that's the big thing with a&m is like if they get into a game where it's kind of a, a shootout situation can they keep up mm-hmm. yeah and and i think you know you're right graham i think the the i was listening to um josh pate shout out josh pate who was talking about jimbo fisher's offense right and he was talking about mm-hmm. the lack of motion like the lack of simple things that you can do to stretch a defense, to disguise something, to get someone out of place. I think where that's going to be a big issue is that Texas A&M does have a lot of youth on their offensive line this year. So there's, there's a lot of, you know, uh, there's a redshirt freshman that could potentially start uh, in Trey Zunn. There's a, a, a redshirt sophomore, but he's a transfer in. There's a true sophomore, another true sophomore. I mean, you're in a situation where you're going to have a potential mixed bag of youth on the offensive line coupled with, you know, just the challenge of actually showing SEC defenses something that they haven't seen or disguising something. Um, And when you put that together, I think um, you're going to have some teams in the SEC that have enough talent on defense where they're going to be able to put pressure on the quarterback. and, and And you're also in a situation where, you know, uh, Max Johnson and Haynes King are both good quarterbacks, in my opinion, but neither one of them has shown you, you know, what really happens when they get put in a in a pressure situation um, against a team where they have to actually go and 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 win the game outside of, you know, and I'm, I know Max Johnson did that. Um, I think it was the Florida game, maybe. Um but you know, you know, yeah, or, or against Texas A and M last year, you let a there you go. Yeah, yeah. But but I but but I think those offenses, you know, I just it's just going to be interesting to see if they have enough in the, in the barrel. And and I think at eight and a half win total, I mean, I my personal opinion is Jimbo Fisher is an eight and four coach. Like he just he is. And I don't. I'm just going to keep saying that. I think Jimbo Fisher is an eight and four coach. He finds a way to lose four games. He's like um, Jeff Fisher in the NFL, where he always yeah. found a way to go 500 with the Rams. Yeah, and and you have some sneaky games, right? Like you have. You have they have to go to South Carolina when South Carolina is coming off a bye week after they had played after Texas A&M has played Alabama. You have like situations like that on their schedule where they do have a bye though before that South Carolina. Yeah, I know. Right, but, I, I got something on this schedule before, but yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off right. here because that's that Arkansas game is in Dallas, neutral side mm-hmm. game. Uh, and then they go on the road, three straight games with a bye in there at Mississippi State, Alabama, South Carolina. Uh, so they don't play they they play the September 17th and then don't play at home again until October 29th. Yeah. So they only have two division games at home because that Arkansas game and Dallas counts as a home game for them. So they're really traveling for four of their six SEC West games, which and it, I think is a tough and, thing. And if you're talking about, you know, buying a ticket on the, on this over or this under, I mean that's kind of one of those that's just those things you want to factor in there. So I'm mm-hmm. I I mean 8 and 4 I think would be uh, is expected, but going through the schedule. Uh, okay, so who you we we got them two and zero going into Miami. Anybody taking uh, Miami to two? Yes. Beat? Okay, all right. So yes. let's. I think Same. since two and one Arkansas. I mean, 
on the, I think in, I think Arkansas's starting I, twenty-two is better than Texas A&M's. Uh, I, I think, think I think they're going to lose to Arkansas. I'll just say that. Yeah, so I think that like if that game was in November, it might favor A&M a little bit more. But uh, mm-hmm. for right now, in this moment, I would pick Arkansas. All right. So and they it, lost Mississippi State last year, right? Yeah. Yep. So, so if we've got them two and two, likely going into that game, you you're gonna have them three losses. I mean, yeah, that's a it could be seven and five. In fact, Harry in their in our chat has got them seven and five, eight and four, just like you. So, I, I've yeah. got them seven and five. Or, I mean, like I think the the over under win total that I have for Vegas, and this could have moved, it was eight and a half, and it's mm-hmm. juiced it's juiced heavily minus one fifty to the over, plus one thirty mm-hmm. to the under. If you're talking about places in the sec where i see value in betting win totals a&m's under eight and a half at plus 130 is a really good spot i can bet 100 bucks win 130 if they go eight and four and i think that's like i I think there's a ton of talent there i just think it's going to be another year before all that clicks into place Agree. I think I think Texas A&M they have eleven returning starters, and I don't think that nucleus they they do have a lot of talent. But um, you get in that you get in that stretch, right? It, Josh was just mentioning it with the schedule, but you get in these stretches where uh, you're going to Mississippi State, to Alabama. Even though you have a bye week, you're going to South Carolina. Um, you just get in these stretches in the SEC, and and that's where youth really, no matter how talented you are that's where you starts getting exposed in those kinds of stretches. So um, I have them going eight and four. Uh, I think a sneaky game for them is going to be at Auburn late, late in the year. I don't think Auburn's going to be very good personally, but I do think, you know, <laughs> Auburn, you get later in the year with Auburn and crazy stuff starts happening. Like we saw last year with the, in the iron ball. So uh, that's another game that I could see uh, at Auburn in late November being a, being an issue. And we got Kirby visor just jumped in the chat. Solid. I like it. Um, yeah, okay. With that, that's a consensus under on the eight and a half from Dog Central. Okay. Uh, you talked about Arkansas. Why don't we you want to go to Arkansas next? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Uh bringing up their schedule. Hopefully. There we go. Look at that. Um, hey, this is Phil Steele's number four toughest schedule in the in the country. That's mm-hmm. opening game Cincinnati. That's gonna be a good game. Uh they've returned. Yeah, KJ mm-hmm. Jefferson, one of the three returning starters in the West, um, and this Raheem Sanders kid is probably going to be pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, let me see, they got all kinds of stuff on this guy. Um, they do face some tough defenses. Uh, they the number five D line unit, according to Phil Still, and also uh, Cincinnati is the number five linebacker. Uh, unit according to Phil Steele. So um, the short pass is going to be challenged by the Cincinnati linebacker core, which doesn't return a lot, but some of the, I guess some of their linebackers are coming back. So sneaky game there. Um, and our friend, I got to shout Matt Landers. Matt Landers is coming in on the transfer portal. After Matt Landers. Latavius Brinney. Yeah, Latavius Brinney. Yeah. Matt Landers averaged 25 yards a catch at Toledo last year. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I think for Arkansas, you look big picture, kind of where the program is at. Last year, you know, they had that nine and four season, had a really nice win over Penn State in the bowl game. Um, they played Alabama really tough in Tuscaloosa. If they had uh, kind of maybe just been willing to 
come out of that drop eight defense that that they run and that's very effective for them most of the time and and actually <laughs> put some pressure on Bryce Young they probably could have won that game they scored 37 points um I I think KJ Jefferson is really good I think he is a, one of the most fun players to watch in all of college football my concern though is everything in that offense last year ran through Traylon Burks and mm-hmm. They did so much creative stuff. Uh, Kendall Browse did a ton of creative stuff where, you know, he would put a, a diamond set of four guys on one edge of the formation and put Burks one-on-one on the other side. And, like, I, you know, I think about 40% of that offense ran through Burks, if not more. Um, so that's my big concern is Burks is gone. Like I said a moment ago, like, I really like their first 22 Dalton Wagner's still there. Bumper Pool is back. Latham is a good guard. Uh, Cantalon out there in the secondary is good. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a lot of good players on that team. But I think when you talk about sort of like against the Alabamas or maybe even the LSUs, some of the teams that just have kind of that higher blue chip ratio than an Arkansas does, I think they, they maybe wear down a little bit in the second half. The other thing, uh, shout out cover three podcast I, I did hear this note on their show uh arkansas had i think the uh third highest margin of uh loss in in their sec losses last year so hmm. like they averaged about a 15 point deficit when they lost games and if you look at the other teams were kind of in that neighborhood like they were more six and six seven and five teams i think arkansas had some good luck going nine and four last year i guess and, is what i'm and one of say. one of their losses was 37 to nothing though so that is true I mean, that'll that'll adjust that'll that'll affect your average uh a little i just bit. think the schedule is tough man like starting out cincinnati and yeah. south carolina is is a little yeah. bit of a bear I, yeah i i think the challenge is going to be um you know, I personally, I think they're going to start off four. No, I just mentioned that I think they're going to beat Texas A&M, but then you have Alabama. Um, I think they're going to be four. No Alabama coming uh, into Fayetteville. And I think that's going to be a real personally, I think it's going to be a real wake up call to Arkansas. Right. I think Alabama is probably going to beat them pretty badly. And then you're in a situation where you've got three decently tough road games. You go at Mississippi state at BYU at Auburn, um, and, uh, and I think that stretch is going to be so critical to this team being a <clears throat> eight or nine win team or a six or seven win team. Um, but I do look at that. I do look at, you know, kind of late in the year, um, Liberty, Missouri, et cetera. I, I think Arkansas is going to hit the over of the seven and a half. I think personally, I think they're going to, uh, win nine games. That's going to be my bold prediction um and come in second in the sec west uh but i do think that that those three games in the middle of the year where they go on the road after playing alabama um i think is going to really test the will of this arkansas team i think it's probably also going to test the depth to your point graham they they're they're really good in that first unit in a lot of areas but in the you look at the second the two deep and the three deep and you're like oh yeah i'm not sure uh that they have anybody after that um, Let's say you, Josh. Um, I think they're a seven and five team. Uh, 
you know, you talked about their their margin of defeats being one of the worst in the in the in the league and in the country. That shows off in that defensive explosiveness. They allowed less than forty percent defensive success rate, but their mm-hmm. defensive explosiveness was pretty high. So it tells me you're giving up a lot of big plays, and I think there's some teams that may be able to take advantage of that. That BYU game is is interesting. They there's right before their bye. Um, mm-hmm. after a couple tough that's that's a game you can overlook as a team you know going on the road you know it doesn't count in your conference standings it could be that's a make or break for an over under there on that's a tough road game when you're also got to buy and then you've got going to Auburn after that um, yeah so I mean I, a, just, I, I just think they're they're gonna like, it's just one of these teams they're gonna beat somebody they shouldn't and they're gonna lose somebody they shouldn't so I I think the seven and, five, seven and five one name we didn't talk about was uh the Hazelwood kid that transferred in mm-hmm. out of Oklahoma. So he's definitely yeah. – he's no Traylon Burks, but um, he has elite talent, but can he live up to it? Yeah, that's a huge question. I think if he can, then that that definitely, like, raises my ceiling for Arkansas pretty considerably. But still, even with Traylon Burks last year, their passing offense was 86 in the nation at 214 yards a game. The other thing that I kind of worry about just – I mean, KJ Jefferson is a, a mobile quarterback, and they can do some nice things – with the running game to, to kind of keep defenses off balance. But uh, mm-hmm. he was sacked on 10% of his attempts last year, 108th mm-hmm. in the country. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, that's a quarterback stat. It is. <laughs> but and, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, yeah. you can replace yeah. your offensive line, but if your guy holds on the ball too long, he's going to agree. Hold it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I, I think we all, I think we all trust Sam Pittman's ability to get the offensive line in a decent place, but you, you, but Kendall Browse and Sam Pittman's ability to get KJ Jefferson to let go of the ball is, yeah. is very different. On that offensive line, Ricky Stromberg's a name you want to know. He's one of all SEC preseason kind of kid. Uh, I think he's top 10 on the draft boards for NFL eligible centers is coming this year. Yeah, he's a good player. Um, I'm going under here on this one. Uh, I, I think, you know, I don't know. It's tough. I think like, Arkansas can win any game on their schedule. I also feel like they can lose any game on their schedule. And I think, like, Jeff Long, this is some leftover Jeff Long kind of bullshit with the schedule here. Like, at BYU, week seven of the season, right in the middle of your SEC schedule. That's tough, man. Like, going from a a game in Starkville, come home from that, and then fly out to to Utah and play at, you know, 5,000 feet above sea level. That takes a lot out of you. Um, and I just like, I think that Cincinnati game is losable for them. Uh, I, I think South Carolina is losable. I think, I think they will beat Texas AM, but it is certainly losable. Um, mm-hmm. Even Liberty, if things go wrong, could be losable, right? Like, I doubt it, but it could be. Um, so there's really only one like guaranteed 100% in the bank win on this schedule, and that's Missouri State. And I think that. Mm-hmm is tough for them. Um, so I'm going to go seven, seven and five Arkansas, but I think they will be okay. the nastiest seven, five team in the country. All right. right. When the chat, when the chat, the chat likes you over here. When, the when Arkansas, you over? Yeah. here's what I'm going to say. When, when Arkansas Twitter finds oh, this God. episode, please know I'm the only my house John, John tweet sports <laughs> is the only one that took the over. <laughs> I still said y'all would beat Texas A&M, right? Yeah, those people are crazy. Those people are crazy. All right, all right. You want to go? You want to go dumpster diving? Go, go to the uh, the planes. You no, know I do. 
Oh, I love trash yeah. football. <laughs> uh, what do you got on Auburn? Man, I don't think Auburn – I don't think they're predictable at all, first of all. But, uh, I mean, they did start last season 6-2, and two, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that they – like they blew a 28-3 lead to Mississippi State. They blew a 14-0 lead to South Carolina. They mm-hmm. blew a 10-0 lead with nine minutes left to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, they allowed 17 under, unanswered points to Texas A&M in that loss. Like this is a team that could have won 10 games last year very easily. Um, I don't think they're going to be as bad as everybody else does. I kind of secretly liked what Zach Calzada was doing at the end of last year, at Texas A&M. And I think that Brian Harson is going to simplify things for him quite a bit. There's not going to, he's not going to go to the line with a dozen checks that he's got to remember. They're just going to let him go out there and, and read things and play football. Uh, yeah. Between him and TJ Finley, I think they find a, a quarterback that's productive. And I think tanks Bigsby and the tight ends, they can run some offense through. I think the offensive line is a big question. Uh, but I kind of think that it's going to maybe work out for them. Yeah. They're going to have to win a lot of games, holding teams under 25 points. I feel like, uh, See, I don't yeah. know if that's necessarily. So, the case. Yeah. I mean, I think, so they return their top three wide receivers from last year. They have tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter, right? I mean, they've got skill players. If you have a quarterback that's decently competent, you'll you'll be able to to score on some of these teams not I, I would say not most of these teams but you know the other thing is they they get five games at home I don't know is there another team in the country that opens their season with five straight games at no home? or I mean it uh, might be but like it's it does yeah. a huge favor for that team I mean it's huge because if you look at you know LSU and Auburn uh, being kind of a push game by the time you get to week five, that's at Jordan Harris Stadium. They haven't, you know, Auburn hasn't gotten on a plane or a bus or slept in a hotel or anything um, by that time. Um, and they're also starting with, you know, Mercer and San Jose State to tune up a quarterback and to tune up skill players. My 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 question <coughs> is they they they've lost that they lost their leading uh, two or three tacklers from last year. Um, they're replacing a lot on defense. And uh, to Josh's point, I, I don't think Auburn's going to score a ton of points. I think they're going to be competent enough where they'll be able to score. But I do think there's going to be situations where last year you had a defense like the Alabama game, for example, that could figure out a way to bow their back and get some stops. And um, this year is Auburn going to be able to do that? I Personally, I don't know. Um, so six, six and a half for me is 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 tough because I could see this team being – another you know seven and five eight and four team very easily i could also see them being a six and six or a five and seven team very easily they they brought they got Derek call off the edge who's uh, yeah who's SEC, very good sec elite um they, it looks yeah. like they brought in jalen uh, jason jones an oregon mm-hmm. transfer to help out on that defensive front uh yeah they got uh colby wooden too is very, really good on that on the defensive front too the, according to phil still it's the hardest schedule in the country um so they got that going for them. I don't like this team at all. Um, I just yeah. think, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's when I knew I hated Auburn to quote a dear friend of mine. Um, no, Gosh, I, are you saying, are you saying you don't care for Auburn? Is that what I'm hearing? I like yeah. trucks. I like trucks. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, 
I mean, I, I think I think they're going to completely collapse um, and possibly be seventh in the West. Hmm. So you think you think it's a, you think it's a situation where Harson, uh, like a Harson loses his job situation, or do you think it's a like they're 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 losing you know squeakers again? They could go to the they could go to Atlanta and Harson could lose his job, but um no, I'm kidding, a kid, I kid. Uh, that coup failed, and I think that's, that's that's my big thing with them is like the people that are left want to be there at this point, mm. and so I think they they are going to kind of rally around this whole situation in a bit yeah. of an unexpected way. Dude, yeah. Auburn is that like they're the snake in the grass, man. Like they, you know, they're when mm-hmm. you least expect it. And you don't think they're there is when they jump up and bite everybody. Yeah. Um, so there is a little bit of that like history that I'm looking at here, where you know, I think they're like I think they're probably going to start the season and be. I think they'll be four and one when they get to that Georgia game. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's LSU or Penn State who they'll lose to, but I think they'll win one mm-hmm. of those games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right, even if they yeah. go forward to, I think they collapse down the stretch. I think they lose to Arkansas, Mississippi State, A and M, and then I, I think, think Western Kentucky is on the table. I think Western I think Kentucky Zach, could end the Harson era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think Zach Evans is gonna is gonna do some damage to the Arkansas defense at that Ole Miss game too. So yeah, for me, I if if I'm play if I'm placing a bet, I'm going six and six or worse um, for this team personally. Yeah. Oh man. I think like I think this I just I don't know what they're gonna be. I think so much of this is where are they psychologically when they get to November, right? Like are they you know, is Harson a sitting duck and everyone's kind of just giving up and the stands are empty, or are they, you know, six and two and people are, you know, still interested. Um they haven't gone over six yards per, per play on offense since 2017. They just don't. They just don't. And I don't see the skill set there to really get elite. And I think that offense, that defense is pretty, pretty pedestrian. I think Harson is like Harson is a good football coach. He didn't do a lot of things right when it came to, you know, how he handled things like mm-hmm. socially and how he handled boosters when he showed up in in town. But like look at the Boise state era that he was, you know, oversaw, like he is a good football coach. And I do think that the defensive coordinator they brought in Schmetting was also Mm -hmm. a Boise state guy. There's some continuity there. Like he's kind of doing this his way now where like he had all these sec, former sec position coaches that were thrust upon him when he took the job. And he's, he's doing this where he's like, I'm going to gamble gamble on uh you know my my way of doing things we Mm -hmm. saw jim harbaugh do that last year this time last year everyone thought jim harbaugh was on his way out they were a college football playoff team auburn's not gonna be a college football playoff team but i'm going over i think they go i think they go seven wins all right i just remember i mean like you're i know you harrison can coach and you know and i just don't think the i don't think i don't think he solves all his ills in one you know turnover i mean those guys Mm -hmm. ran out of there you know, those guys were not – it was not a good environment down there. So, maybe he's right as shit, and maybe he's got his guys in there. And he can yeah. – I, 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 I have my doubts. 
Well, that's I don't the think question. He solves he, all his ills either, but like seven yeah. five is not solving all your ills. That's true. He he has his guys, so we can be clear on that. He is he is to Graham's point, has decided to do it his way. He tried to hire Austin Davis. Austin Davis lasted about a month and then bailed. So he promoted Eric Kisau uh, to offensive coordinator. He got Smetting as defensive coordinator. He's it, it's his guys. So um, I think he, you know, has the opportunity to to live or die by that. And um, and honestly, I mean, you you mentioned I do think Harson is a, is a decent coach, and I think maybe having his guys calms things down a little bit for him enough to to pull out seven. I just don't see it because I I think that you get into that back half of the schedule after uh, you know LSU and Georgia, and I just think mm-hmm. it just gets tough sledding for them. You know, if yeah, we, I mean, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're Graham, if you're saying that Auburn, when least you least expect Auburn to do something, they do something, then that should scare the hell out of me <laughs> as a Georgia fan. Well, I mean, if you're talking about a trap game, you know, uh, you know, I don't think Auburn at in Athens is going to slip up and beat Georgia. But I mean, I think the other thing to talk about with their like that, what do we know about the, the SEC? The SEC football is played on the line of scrimmage in the SEC, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. That defensive line is probably the the third best in the conference, in my opinion. It's good. It's good very one. good. And they were 14th per run rank EPA in 2021. Um, they were 78th per pass EPA 2021. They lose a lot in the secondary, but it's just like, I don't think they're going to be much worse than that, right? So I, I think – that's kind of part of my calculus here is just I don't think the defense is is going to have this huge fall off a cliff. I think they're going to be able to run the football. I think they're going to be able to keep Calzada or or Finley, probably Calzada, in short yardage on third down. And I think they're just going to, like, kind of simplify things and probably slow things down a little bit. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I know it's, it's out there, but I just – I. I think everyone is making decisions on Auburn in 2022 based too much on what went on there this offseason and not enough on like the actual personnel. That's fair. Anything else before we push on? Nope. All right. Two over, two, one over and two unders. Is that right? Yeah. Correct. And, Uh, and, uh, and a truck reference, and I don't care for Auburn. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Let's do LSU. All right. News of the day. Miles Brennan has semi-retired, took his Man. ball and went home, took his NIL and went home. Uh, that's shock. That's that's absolutely shocking to me. Well, I was listening to Marler's podcast, uh, College Football Uncensored today, mm-hmm. and they were actually, I don't know when it was, but they were they had somebody on from LSU and he talked about he was third and you know, he was you know, Kelly brought in um mm-hmm. Jaden Daniel, Jayden and, Daniel. Yeah. yeah, and and they had what's the kid behind him? That, oh, the the Rick Nussmeyer. The, Nussmeyer, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'd heard that he was losing reps to those guys already. So mm-hmm. I think you know it's one thing not to get yeah. a starting job, but it's another thing to be told uh, you're not yeah. going to play, and we need somebody to be more mobile than than you're bringing. So um, yeah. it's a tough break. Yeah. I, I don't. I think he's going to play somewhere, but mm-hmm. um, anyway, uh, LSU. So that's the news of the day. And um, see if anything. So you got them at six. Or you got them at seven for the seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is there another line you're looking at, or is that? Yeah, hold on. I'm trying to pull it up. Yeah, you know, if, please update the the wind projection. No, I think I think it started. I think it opened at six and is now up to seven. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're at seven. 
Um, yeah, Nussmeyer was. I got a note here. Uh, John Emery, who didn't play last year, academically ineligible, is a, has got some talent there uh, playing running back. He hopefully will play uh, for the Tigers. Bayou Bengals. The offense is bad <laughs> last mm-hmm. year, and outside of the 2019 team that won the national championship, they've been 5.5 offenses offensive yards per play or less. Um, and, mm-hmm. and even then, 2018, they were only 6.2. Um, and they've only allowed less than five yards to play defensively just once in the last four years. So they're kind of a – they were just kind of in a, a rut outside. You take you pull that 2019 season out, and yeah, I think people – I mean, you can't pull it out. They were one of the best teams in history. But, yeah. uh, I mean, that is uh, – my point is they're going to regress to somewhere around that norm right there. And uh, I, Well, yeah. they already have. Yeah. Right? I mean, but I don't know. I think I think – what they did in the transfer portal renders most of the 2021 data kind of useless. I mean, they, they brought yeah. in 15,129 FBS snaps, number mm-hmm. one out of 64 power five teams out of the portal, mm-hmm. 13 players gained out of the portal. Uh, you know, they I mean, also, they also returned their top five wide receivers that may be yeah. the Kayshaun best. Yeah, the the best cohesive like collective wide receiver group um, in the SEC this year. Yeah, the wide play. receivers are good. The defensive yeah. line is really good. Everything else is a question mark for me. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. they, they're getting FIU guys as starting linemen too on offense. Which yeah. the offensive line was bad last year, except for one game. Yeah. Thank. <laughs> that was a great <laughs> game with 300 yards rushing. Um, but yeah, Challenge. so. Yeah, no, and Noah Kane, right? He's Penn State kid, is that right? Yeah, he's yeah, back. yeah, yeah. He had 500, um, 500 total yards from scrimmage. I think he averaged, you know, uh, I think he had he was pretty good out of the backfield. I don't think he caught a lot of a lot of balls, but I think you know he was averaging about seven or eight yards of reception out of the backfield as a running back. So, uh, yeah, pretty good. Nineteen receptions, one hundred and fourteen yards. Yeah, there you go. Yep. So, so go ahead, John. I'm sorry. Yeah, they have the firepower. I'm sorry. One last thing on the wide receivers. Yeah. Three of those guys are set PFS 70s or above. So yeah, they're mm-hmm. good. News yeah. They, they have the fire, they have the firepower at skill position. I think the question is obviously on, on the line of scrimmage for the offensive line. Um, I also think that, you know, people, people underestimate how difficult it is to install a new staff taking over from what Ed Ogeron had to what Brian Kelly is going to try to do. Like that's a, that isn't like a, um, you know, it's not like Steve Sarkeesian leaving and Lane Kiffin coming in. Right. I mean, it's a very different kind of style of football in many, many ways. And, um, and I think there's going to be, I think this year for LSU, there's going to be a lot of similarities in terms of, you know, finding out like, the culture issues, the real, like where, where are the real skill in these players versus like perceived skill um, in previous systems, et cetera. Um, I think the other thing is that I, they do have, um, they do have, you know, a lot of challenges that for Brian Kelly, where he's in, you know, he has to go to Florida, for example, which I don't think Florida's, we'll talk about SECs in another episode, but, but going to, the swamp going to Jordan Hare, going to Arkansas. Like, there's a few games that I think are just going to be, you know, pretty tough for a new system, a new regime trying to figure out, you know, how to gel in their coaching. Um, I don't think they have any favors either. Starting um, with that Florida State game at the at the 
neutral site, but uh, and Mississippi State earlier in the year either. So, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's, they, yeah, exactly. They got to get through to have mm-hmm. a great year. They got to go through that first four games, three and one. Can they? Mm-hmm. You know, we're. I don't know. What I think they're going to be. Uh, yeah, I can see three and one. I think Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State can beat them. Um, but they do get it at home. It could be a night game. I think Mississippi State will beat them. I think they probably probably start three and one. I, I don't know. Florida State is a little bit of a wild card too. Um, but I do think that uh, I think Tennessee is going to beat them. I think uh, personally, mm-hmm. I think Florida. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't think Tennessee is going to beat LSU? I do. Nope. I personally do. Not at home. Yeah. Nope. No. no I do. Um. Yeah. I do. No um. And Show so, bet. How much you want to bet right now? Tennessee LSU straight up. All right, everybody. We're putting a hundred bucks. Tennessee right. LSU straight up game. I'm on the Tennessee side. Graham's on the LSU side. Perfect. Uh, no, you can't go. Stri- you can't go straight up. Come. On. Oh, come on. Well, what's the what's the oh, Josh? <laughs> find, see if you can find a line. I, I, find I, a line. I, I, I haven't looked. Right. We'll, 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 we'll live. We will live bet that game. All right. All right. On LSU, I think that Florida State game is worth like two wins for them. I think yeah. who I so we said this when we did the ACC pod. Whoever wins that game, I think it's a huge deal psychologically. And whoever loses it, it's a huge deal psychologically. Um, I am gonna take LSU playing in New Orleans in a coin flip flip game. So let's call that a win for them. I th- I think that they actually have the best chance to beat Alabama of anybody in the SEC West. And the reason is because what is the anecdote for Alabama in 2022? They have a bad offensive line. LSU has a very good defensive line. They may have the best defensive line in the conference. Um, those guys are beasts. And what do we know about Nick Saban? Nick Saban you know, he wants to play man on the outsides. And if you play man on Keishon Butte and some of these other guys, you can get in trouble in a hurry. I think the Miles Brennan news is actually kind of a good sign for them. Cause I, th- I think Miles Brennan was a, a good quarterback when he played. And uh, if, if he's not really in the, the cards in that battle right now, then like, I think that says that Jaden Daniels is looking very good. I think Brian Kelly is like one of the more underrated coaches in college football. It's going to take some time, I think, for him to like get that thing really, really humming. But I think he can, I think he can come in there and beat what Florida State, Southern, New Mexico, UAB. That's four on its mm-hmm. own. Uh, I like them to beat Arkansas. I, think I like them to beat A&M by week 13 as well. So that's six. Uh, I've already told you I like Tennessee to lose in Death Valley. And the reason for Tennessee is because what I just – what we were just talking yeah, about. I think the, the defensive, defensive line. line. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think is kind of the anecdote to that whole Tennessee thing. But, that's but I, I just think that defense was so unorganized the last couple of years. Like, it, it is – they don't lack talent. They had the no. the fourth – you know, they had the fourth best recruiting class in the SEC again last year. They are a blue chip mm-hmm. ratio roster that is mm-hmm. higher up in the blue chip ratio than, you know, I mean, like they're a top five or six roster probably in college football still. And I think they will be organized. Uh, 
there's holes on the offensive line. Like they're, you know, they're starting probably two true freshmen on the offensive line. That scares me. So I don't think they have this huge ceiling, but I think Jaden Daniels is a mobile quarterback is, is going to help that. So mm-hmm. I am going uh, LSU over the seven. I think, I think they will go at least eight and four. And I, I think it's very LSU for them to, to have like a, a big upset win somewhere in this schedule. Um, yeah. yeah, they yeah. could they could wreck Texas A and M. Totally could. One one thing I'll add, uh, just real briefly, Matt House, their defensive coordinator, I think is going to be really good by the by the time the season is over. Like he has talent. He was the defensive coordinator at Kentucky in 2017, 2018, um, then went to the NFL and coached uh, linebackers for a couple of years at um, at Kansas City. Um, just a guy who just, you know, under Mark Stoops, like just I think he's just a guy who knows how to coach defense. Um, so I think that's a that's a positive for LSU. I personally, though, just with the new coaching staff, with some of the talent holes that um, that Orgeron um, is leaving for Brian Kelly, I I'm I'm going to call a push. I think it's I think they're a seven and five football team. Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, you, you get in situations where they're personally if I have to call my shots, they're going to lose to Alabama. They're going to lose to Arkansas. They're going to lose uh, to Tennessee. They're going to lose to to Mississippi State, and then one other between uh, Florida State, Florida, Ole Miss uh, is my my thinking there. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna Graham's kind of talk me in the over. I think Brian Kelly can coach up a D, and they've got plenty of mm-hmm. uh, they got plenty of talent there on defense. Or uh, mm-hmm. you know, Aziz's uh, little brother uh, BJ is poised to break out as an edge rusher, um, and they've got. I, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take eight and four. I, I think picking out those four losses, it could be any of those teams, and yeah. You know, so <laughs> I'm not gonna try to nail it down. I don't, but I, I think I think yeah, I think that's really. a that's a coaching staff that's that's not gonna lose to anybody they shouldn't. So I, I think that's fair. Gonna, I think there'll be a lot of those games are going to be, you know, two and a half to four and a half lines either way. And, and, uh, you know, now I like the Texas A&M maybe to, it, it, that would, that would be great for, um, Kelly to come in there and beat up on Jimbo and maybe crush a, a Texas A&M season right there at the end of the year. Be kind of great. Yeah. I mean, Ed O pulled it off last year on his way out the door. So <laughs> who have we not done? Mississippi uh, State, we, uh, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Alabama. All right, yeah, we'll get to Alabama. Just hold your horses, folks. <laughs> All right, so Mississippi State. Let me. I'm going to find our grass here. Uh-huh. Bring, bringing back a lot of talent, a lot of, a lot of production. Senior quarterback. Year three, Mike Leach. Year three, Leach is a real thing. If you look at his his history it usually starts clicking for mike leach teams very well yeah they got two they got will rogers and um the the senior wide receiver austin um you know so i think maybe they spread the ball out they stretch the field a little bit i mean this is you know uh wide receiver core is you know 11 yards per catch which is on the low side obviously but that's what they Mm -hmm. do they pass the ball 75 percent of the time short short passes to running backs and stuff like that. So maybe opens it up in that year three and like Graham saying, and they can find a little more offense. They were good last year. Uh, they, because of those low high percentage plays, they were 50% success rate on offense. 
but yet gets 5.9 yards per play. Uh, they were good on defense too, a sub 40%. Um, and I, but again, it's kind of one of those things. Uh, they were defensive explosiveness was 1.3, so they gave up big plays and and on those on those things. So uh, projected wins six and a half. It seems low to me. Seems pretty low. When you yeah, got, yeah. When, uh, when you got Arizona and East in East Tennessee State on your on your and Bowling Green, Arizona like, feels like a very losable game to me for some reason. I mean, it shouldn't be. Good pitch. But like, yeah, Jet Fish is all right. We talked about him. Um, it's interesting though. Yeah. The, the number two hardest schedule according to Phil Still, which is a little surprising, but I think Alabama jacks that up. So, well, well Georgia too. Yeah, uh, Georgia and Bama. <laughs> yeah, stuff. Um, yeah. I I really struggle with what to do with Mississippi State just because. I don't know. I mean, like, I think on a per play basis, they were really good last year and they had some special teams blunders that cost them some games that they really should have won. Um, like, I think they were the fourth best team in the SEC West last year. And I think they could be again this year. I just, so many of these games to me are kind of like coin flip type of scenarios. Um, I do think that they are kind of underrated at like being able to like, they can go hurry up and do that whole thing. But we saw them when they played Georgia in 2020 in his first year there, like they had an 11 and a half minute drive in that game and they can do that with the air raid. Um, Yeah. I I think you look at their, you know, their, their kind of season last year, uh, they weren't very good on defense and they continue to play this kind of three, three, five thing. And I I guess like, I think they have to get better because they have the fifth most returning defensive production in all of power five. Mm -hmm. So I think that they're going to improve enough on the defensive side. And I, I just kind of trust them to, to be good on offense. Right. I mean, like, uh, how do you, like Will Rogers has been, really good uh, you know 74 percent on the year set an sec record for completion percentage in a game with 30 plus attempts uh i think it all kind of you know clicked into place for him against auburn when they had that comeback and he's been really good since the the o-line run push stuff you can't really take into account for them um mm-hmm. but yeah i i mean like i i think they beat memphis they beat arizona yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna. I think that like seven and six. Or I'm sorry, seven and five is kind of the the floor for them. So it, this feels like a a good place to hit an over. He hasn't yeah. he hasn't beaten Ole Miss yet in the Egg Bowl. That's gonna be it's gonna be a significant. And he game. will not in 2022 either. Okay. Mm, yeah. Uh, at Kentucky is an interesting game. That's gonna be a good game. Yeah. Here, here's yeah. what's interesting. Yeah, I think they so. Won that. Yeah, so what's interesting is last year against um, against FBS opponents, Mississippi State was number six in the country in opponent average time of possession. So they were a top ten. So essentially, they they found a way to hold on to the ball to sustain drives. They their challenge is turning that into points. Right? They have three of their top four wide receivers coming back this year. They had their top two running backs coming back this year. They have. Uh, Will Rogers coming back this year. I think they're going to be able to turn 
those drives into points. And I do think they'll also be in a situation where um, they will be able to. Can they, you know, can they do something that, on the ground? Though? I mean, it's just like, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, really, they're, short, it's, they're short passing in, 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 inside the red zone. Yeah. It doesn't get it done. But, and, and for yeah. you know, four and a half yards of carry doesn't get it yeah. done. Yeah. For, for me though, I think you're looking at six and a half, right? I think when you're looking at, at, at the over under uh, total at six and a half, I think they, they are going to be a seven and five or an eight and four team, because I think they're going to be, they're going to have enough veteran experience in those skill positions to be able to turn enough of those possessions into points. And they're going to be able to hold the ball a little bit longer than, uh, than some of the, you know, other, other uh, teams that will, that they'll play on their schedule. I do think it's going to be tough sledding when you get into that, that Kentucky, like, Arkansas, Kentucky, Alabama, Auburn, and Georgia is just that's a that's a hell of a stretch because you know when you're looking there, right? Um, but I do think you know for me, I think they're going to find seven wins, potentially find eight wins. Um, eight would be a stretch, but I do think I do think they'll find the seven under Mike Leach. Give me six and six. All right. Why is that? Just the I Russian things. I just don't no, I just don't believe in the I just don't believe in the, the Mike Leach and the SEC is is gonna be perennial. I, I what they do last year, they went uh seven and six last year. I mean, I think that's what oh. they are. I think that's what they are gonna be in under Mike Leach. Um if you're telling me they're gonna lose Old Miss and Kentucky, that's a team that's not gonna get No, that. I think Kentucky I think they beat Kentucky. Oh, I think, think they, they beat, beat Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I do too. Right, well, yeah. But I mean I you know, I do think the one thing that does concern me a lot, uh is Charles Cross that left tackle was really good. He was selected ninth overall in the draft and now he's gone. And so, you know, I I do worry a little bit. You know, they lost both tackles and they they do have their guard moving outside to tackle. They added a JUCO guy who is number two prospect in in all of JUCO to come in and, and play tackle, but it's just like mm-hmm. Will yeah. Rogers needs time. I know it's a quick passing game and it's quick game, but like that quick game being effective is predicated on the threat of the long game. Right. So I think mm-hmm. that is, if it's going to go wrong, that's where I see it going wrong to, to kind of, you know, play devil's advocate. Graham, you've been looking and in, in using the uh, yards per root run stat a lot. Just looking at the, their returning uh, wide receivers, 1.2, 0.8, 1.5, 1.4, 1. 1.3 yards per root run. That's just, <laughs> you know, I know, I know what the game, I know that's, that's what he yeah, doesn't care. But I mean, Mike Leach would laugh yeah. me out of, out of the building if I brought Yeah. Them. I mean, yeah. they're, but yeah, I just, but having, I'm just that's saying, how they, I know that's yeah, how that's they how, get it, but that's also that's how, how they hand the ball off. They hand yeah, the right. ball off. By but that's the, also how they get to, that's also how they get to seven and six every year. You know, I mean, so. I just don't well, think. I mean, like, what? I feel like this this discussion is more like a, it, a space statement of the air raid right now than yeah. like a yeah. what is Mississippi State? Which I mean, I, I get it, I get it. I think like they, I mean, but like if you play man against them, they'll beat you. We saw that the moment 100%. he showed up in the league, and so you know, I, I think that does. Like if he can find that Max Borgie style running back that he had at Washington State, where it's like a a kid who can can take like eight to twelve draws a game and and bust them, you know, bust about half of them, and then is dangerous on on routes out of the backfield. Like I think that opens up everything else. But yeah, I mean, I, I like the year three leech bump is real. I mean, at Washington State in year three, I think they went from. 
four and or three and nine to nine and four from year two mm-hmm. to year three. Something similar happened to Texas Tech as well. Uh, like when Kingsbury started clicking as quarterback, but I get it. I mean, like it's I don't know when he was hired. I said some of the same things, but I. I don't know, man. I mean, like that Georgia game in 2020 really kind of made me a believer in what mm-hmm. they're they're able to do after seeing how they were able to really just like control that game from a, a game flow, game state standpoint. Georgia was really lucky to to win that game. Okay, I'm o- I'm under. John, you're over. Graham, I'm over. Okay. Yeah, I'm over. All right, all right. I'm gonna go full screen on the old Miss side of this so I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> Spear 30, 30. on Dog Central. Uh, Ole Miss. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there, man. Uh, I think they're doing this whole transfer thing, and I would be skeptical of it, except for this early schedule is cake. And I think that they're going to start the season 7 and 0. Oh. All right, I put a score out there already, 35-17 on that Georgia Tech game. And that the, you did? Yeah. Uh, and it's only 10 and a half. So, mm-hmm. I want to see that. So, hammer it. Yeah, I want to see that closing line value. I want to see. Okay. Uh, this Here's my little narrative section. Um, you know, Georgia has zero transfer players. Ole Miss is stacked with them. So, this will be an interesting thing about, uh, you know, obviously, it's a little bit of apples and oranges and stuff like that. But it is interesting to see if. If if Kiffin can be one of these guys in the new era of, of building through the portal and can can have a good year and you know and it, God forbid Georgia doesn't meet expectations you know that that'll be a narrative that'll be hammered down our throats. Um, speaking of those, Jackson Dart, Zach Evans, uh, Domingo Kid, and Triggs uh, from another kid from USC with Jackson and Mingo from Missouri. So those are four. Those are four proven starters. Well, I guess Triggs is pretty young, but Jackson Dart might not start for them. With right? nope. winning that quarterback battle right now. And, I yeah. mean, he looked who, good. Who, who was it? Luke, Luke? Altmeyer. Okay, yeah. He was the backup mm-hmm. last year. Okay, yeah. yeah. Got that. He played in the Sugar Bowl when Corral went down. Um, yep. They struggled, but Baylor's defense is very good. I mean, he's got physical tools. You could see that pretty easily in that game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think – I do the, – the the loss of Jeff Levy concerns me. Um mm-hmm. I do think, though, you know, I mean, that that whole system that they're running is everything is an RPO in that system. And at any time they'll they'll go to the sideline and and check the the run play to a pass and vice versa. So the defense is always wrong, so to speak. Um, There's plenty of skill targets and that defense was sneaky good last year. They were 96th in yards allowed, but their opponents were second highest in pace and all of college football. So they were really 27th in points per play, which is very respectable. Um, They, I think they're in good shape on defense. I like what they, they kind of have coming back there. And so it's, I don't know. It's just a big question of how long does it take for all this talent to gel? And I think the schedule sets up well for it to, for them to have time for that talent to, to fall into place before they really see much difficulty. Uh, The O-line has 111 career starts. It's one of the, higher rate higher numbers in the yep. league uh they did bring in mason brooks from western kentucky who was a pretty highly rated guy but again those pff grades are not adjusted for competition mm-hmm. sure that, yeah. zach evans zach evans has averaged seven yards a carry everywhere he's been 
like in his life. <laughs> like two years at TCU, two years at TCU, he averaged seven point seven his first year and seven even his second year. Um, the guy just just finds a way to to get yards. Um, also good at catching out of the backfield. I think with the offensive yeah. line, I, I you know the challenge is right. You, you mentioned it, Graham. Um, Jeff Levy, I think did much more for that offense than people want are are giving him credit for because Lane Kiffin is the guy standing there right uh, I think Jeff Levy uh, was is an absolute um, great offensive coach and that's a big loss for them I'm gonna say that they start the season six and one because I think they lose to Kentucky um I and, I and yeah and I think I think that's because that's you know I think there's a a quintessential opportunity for Mark Stoops uh, to have one of his kind of you know, uh, fist fight games. And I also think Kentucky, they play Florida in the second week, but they're going to be coming off of Youngtown State and Northern Illinois. Um, and I think, you know, I think Kentucky's going to give Ole Miss all they can handle. But when I look at the 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 rest of that schedule after those first seven games, I think they could be 7-0 and or 6-1. and one. And then there's a bunch of toss-ups. And so um, for me, I think, you know, seven and a half, personally, I think could could be tougher to get to uh, then folks give it credit for. I think Ole Miss is probably an eight and four team, um, but uh, and I would take the over today. But I think they're gonna they are gonna struggle with you know teams like LSU, Arkansas, obviously Alabama. Um, All right, after they yeah. after they get Auburn at home, they go at LSU, at A and M, home for Bama, mm-hmm. at Arkansas. That's tough. They it's do very tough. That's, they do get a bye before uh, going to Alabama, but what good is that? <laughs> what? No, no bye is going to help. Uh, and help so, you know, and there's a, there's that that you know that that you know that stat. They get Alabama at home. At least. They get Alabama That's at home, true. but That's you know true. it's there's that there's that stat where after you play Alabama the next week you just you're flat, you suck, and yeah. they got to go to Arkansas for that. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. It's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I think. You know, the, the non-con is cake. They're not losing to Troy, Central Arkansas, or mm-hmm. Tulsa. Um, or I think, Georgia Tech, for I think matter. Yeah. for them to meet expectations, they got to go – they got to go to at LSU undefeated, I think. So, I think a Kentucky loss at home would be I bad. don't think they have – yeah, I, I think – Just because just of that back end of that schedules. Just a, I, yeah, that. I mean, I, I think my thing with Kentucky, we'll get into it. But I think there's there's a big regression coming for Kentucky. And as much as I love Mark Stoops and everything he's doing there, I just don't know if they can score enough points to keep up with Ole Miss in that game. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. Totally open to being wrong. But I guess, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say they're 7-0 and and that mm-hmm. they they win the Egg Bowl to get that eighth win. And then, there you, go. you know, the, the those other – Four games there, the LSU, A&M, Alabama, Arkansas stretch. Mm-hmm. They could lose all four of them, but yeah, they're, gonna be, they're, not gonna, think, they're not going to go they, four in that stretch. They're I think, have, yeah, I think they pull one out. So it's like, I think they could go nine and three. Agree. Or, yeah. or eight and four. I, I do think they'll maybe be better than last year's team in some, in some ways. I mean, last year's team quietly really wasn't very good throwing the football. Matt Corral, you know, had to like run the ball 30 times a game in that game at Tennessee. I mean, they, they had to do some very creative things, but that's the thing, man. It's like, they've kind of shown that they'll, they'll figure out a way to, to gain yards and score points. Um, 
And I mean, like that game they they beat Texas A and M in last year, I thought was very telling, just sort of where they are as a program, because that was a that was like a physical kind of rock 'em sock 'em game, mm-hmm. and and they pulled it out with a I think with a defensive touchdown at the end, right? So, yeah, I, I think that like the the narrative is kind of shifting there, where you can't say they're not playing defense anymore, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I think they go eight and four at least. I like eight and four, nine and three, second uh, number two team in the West. That's where I've got them. Sounds good. All right. All right. Let's talk about Alabama. Why do we have to even talk about Alabama? We coming all- off here, <laughs> coming off a rebuilding year. Here's the question: <laughs> Those walk-on tryouts they're having this week in Tuscaloosa are they going to find <laughs> some depth at wide receiver? Or no, because JoJo Earl got hurt. I mean, Tyler Tyler Harrell, Nick Saban is already already saying he's not locked in. I mean, okay, so challenges. I got a question: Is Ikiora the the kid from Vanderbilt? Who's a kid from uh, Vanderbilt? No, Tyler Steen. Tyler Steen. Okay, so I'm just looking at this. Um, their offensive line only has one guy, and it's Ikior kid is it like second team All SEC according to Phil Steele. And no other no other O linemen are in first, second, or third or fourth team. But yet he ranks their unit as twelfth in the in the country. So um that was their problem last year. You know, is we, that some Bama bias that you're calling out there? No, no, I just it's curious. Phil still knows more than I do. That's for damn I, sure. I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're dependent that they, they got Gibbs and Burton who are gonna be some of their their go to guys bringing in, mm-hmm. you know, rebuilding through the portal yet again. Um well, they're so Alabama's top wide receiver is built by Georgia, so that's a positive for Alabama, an absolute positive. I am smarter so, than Phil. Steele. It's amazing they would want a receiver from Georgia since you know Georgia can't develop wide receivers. It's, I, it's I am smarter, really. I am smarter than Phil Steele because he's got Henry Toto as first team All SEC linebacker. Yeah, let's talk about that, man. <laughs> yeah. I've got Toto. You have Toto in the data you shared with me. Uh, his PFF coverage grade is 51.1, which is gross. Uh, 7.8 yards per a target. Gave up 42 catches on 50 targets, which means he allowed a catch on 84% of his targets. And uh, well, I anyone mean, with pass catching tight ends or running backs. Your linebackers are going to be 60, gonna 65 plus. Up. But, yeah, he was he was not good. A 51... He's been a liability for yeah. years going back to Tennessee. And I think, like, you can't just ignore that when you're talking about modern college football and how – how spread offenses attack defenses. Like if you can't cover an angle route, that's a big problem. And I like, and that, and that, and the secondary is going to be filthy it is going to be filthy. So they're going to be attacking those intermediate routes. I don't you know, think they're going to be that good. I don't, I, I think fired. here's my thing. Well, Okay. And the popcorn. The secondary, <laughs> I don't know. Saban said this week that Eli Ricks hasn't figured out the defense yet. I mean, like talent-wise, it's, he's a stud. But like Kool-Aid McKinstry. Yeah. Jordan Battle, I, Eli Ricks, Brian Brandt. Here, Jordan Battle here, is a liability in coverage. Here, here's the challenge too, right? So you have to separate what Nick Saban is saying right now at camp that he's using to challenge his guys with what's with historically what's really happening. Um, I do agree that some of the secondary is not as good as folks want to make them. I vehemently agree that Henry Toa Toa is not as good as anybody 
wants to make him. Um, I, I just don't. The guy is, you know, Toa Toa is. I watched Glenn Schumann talk about middle linebackers, and Glenn Schumann was calling them off ball backers and talking about the athleticism that you have to have to play modern linebacker. And I think Toa Toa is a throwback to that middle linebacker, that striker, that, you know, kind of plug, fill the gap kind of linebacker. Um, good in that area, not good when you get him out in space, getting out, get him out of coverage. So I don't think the defense is, you know, Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, those guys, I mean, holy moly. They, you know, the challenge is can you actually get the ball out into a skill player's hands with that defensive front? Because I think the yeah, I do Dallas think Turner is a second that, level. Yeah, Dallas Turner is a guy that, that aren't talking yeah. enough about. Obviously, when you yeah. have Will Anderson, you know, taking all the oxygen in the room. Yeah, so, but that 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 front, those edge guys in that front is is going to be very good. Um, yeah, they are. I think I still have some questions about the middle of that defensive line, mm-hmm. uh, especially with Fuldarian Mathis, you know, going on to the NFL. He was really good last year. I think he was maybe the most underrated player on their team in terms of mm-hmm. talking about like what he did for their scheme. Uh, I look at the defensive side of the ball and I, I kind of I agree with the assessment that you just gave John the edges mm. are very good um mm. so then I kind of I flip over to offense right and I do here's my thing Bryce Young had a phenomenal season last year I don't trust this offensive line yet though if you look at nice. and they they can make me trust them over the course of this season but sacks per attempt Seven percent, seventy-first nationally. Rushing offense, one hundred and fifty yards per game, seventy-fourth nationally. Yards per carry, four point one, seventy-fifth nationally. O-line run push was fifty-eighth nationally. Explosive rush was eighty-second nationally. Um, yeah, I mean th- they had a situation where in the spring game they had to pull Will Anderson out of the spring game because right. he was feasting on the left side of that offensive line. Which is not – Will Anderson is good, but if you're Alabama and you're having to pull yeah, a defender out of the spring game because he's causing too much havoc on your first team offensive line, supposedly first team, I agree with that assessment. Just wanted to throw that in there. Well, and also uh, just back to the secondary thing, mm-hmm. completion percentage allowed for Alabama last mm-hmm. year was 63.1%, which was 91st mm-hmm. nationally. Um, Got some so, fun. I mean, that's – we got some under. We got an under in the chat. We got an under in the chat on, or well, okay. what is it? Eleven or ten and a half? It's ten and a half. It's ten. It's ten and a half. It's ten and a half. Well, of course they're gonna so, go over that. Yeah. I mean, the I, question. I just, the question is: Are they gonna win eleven or twelve? And is there any team on that schedule that can actually take a game from them, like Texas A&M did last year? Um, you know the offensive line. I agree. They they brought in um, Eric Wolford, who was uh, the guy at uh, he was the offensive line coach at Kentucky. He was at South Carolina a few years before that. They got rid of Doug Marone, um, got rid of him. He left. Whatever. So they have a new offensive line coach, and so I think you know that's uh, yeah that's a positive because I think Eric Wolford he did great work at Kentucky last year with that offensive line. Um, but I for this- me you know. Is this where they flip the script on running and just just flip it out to Gibbs coming out and just – Yes, even, I, th- I think so. I think yeah. so. I think the offensive line is going to struggle. I think they're – you know, they, they do have a situation where their schedule is also uh, 
people are going to try to talk about Texas. I'm not hearing anything about Texas. Josh thinks Texas is back. I don't. Um, I did so. say they'd lose that game. <laughs> <laughs> I told you they're going to get smashed by Alabama. But yeah, it's eleven. It's eleven o'clock Central time. Um, but that those first four games, I think, give them an opportunity with the offensive line to really tune up some things. Um, and so. Uh, you know, I I think they'll be in good shape by the time they go to Arkansas. Um, I I'm not a strong believer in their wide receivers, and I'm not a strong believer in their offensive line, and um, and so that gives me a little bit of pause of them running that 12 and 0 uh, regular yeah. season. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think the other question I have to ask myself is like, Jameer Gibbs is a great football player, but Alabama has five-star running backs like i don't know that in terms of like if you look at it as like a wins above replacement kind of idea like Mm -hmm. a war for baseball player like Mm -hmm. is there's not a huge gap between him and the replacement in my personal opinion Mm -hmm. like i think he's really good but i don't think it changes how they play necessarily um he he's gonna catch some linebackers in coverage for sure like he will do some very good things catching the ball but um I don't know if they really do like find that that running game or that like balance, um, which concerns me because I don't think that Tyler Harrell and Jermaine Burton mm-hmm. are a sufficient replacement for Jamison Williams and John Mechie. Like that, those two things don't equal one another in my opinion. So, but but on the same side, you know, like they don't they don't have to be that elite. I mean, Burton's got 20 yards of catch. I mean, he is—he's good, and with with Bryce Young, I think he can put up some numbers. Oh yeah, uh, he's gonna yeah, put up yeah. numbers. Um, let me see. Um, I just mean like when you get down to a, we, can this offensive line keep Bryce Young healthy for another full mm, season? Good, because he point. took a lot of hits last year. And then B, I mean, like the conversation around Alabama, they're gonna win the SEC West. Okay, like yep. newsflash. That, that's that's definitely happening but mm-hmm. i think when you look at them it's just like are they are they built to beat a georgia or, or an ohio state or you know uh some of these other kind of elite teams and that i don't know yet like we're gonna obviously find out a lot over the next three months before we get to sec championships and college football playoffs but i do think there is a recipe to beat them and that's defensive mm-hmm. line play and, you know, being able to control those edge rushers. And like you said, like, I didn't see, you know, Georgia unable to run their offense in Indianapolis in the second half because Will Anderson was wrecking everything. And so I think if they come up on a decent left tackle, right tackle pair and some some good defensive line play, that you can, they can get got. And I think like LSU is the the most likely I think Ole Miss is actually possible. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So Alabama's had some good teams, right? Uh, Especially in the playoff era. They have, Alabama has only gone 12 and 0 in two seasons. uh, If you go all the way back to, uh, to 2013 and ushering in, the, the college football playoff era. Yeah, the CFP. So they've gone 12 and 0 in 2016. They went 12 and 0 in 2018. Um, they went undefeated in 2020, but it was that shortened. Uh, right. It was an all ACC schedule, but it was a it was a shortened season. So 
it is hard, and I said this, I tweeted this earlier this week. It is hard to go twelve and zero, um, period. Um, and uh, and we'll talk about this in the SEC in our SEC preview because Georgia is trying to go twelve and zero in the regular season back to back, which has only been done um, by Clemson, and uh, it was done 2013-2014 Florida State. That's it. Um, so when you when people say this is one of Nick Saban's best teams ever, I don't necessarily. Uh, prescribed to that for the reasons that you we you've already talked about, Graham. You add into they've only gone twelve and zero, and I say only, right? I mean, it's like to do that ever is amazing uh, to right. do it twice, but they've only done it twice uh, in the last eight seasons, um, and so I don't think it's as given that they're going to run this table as most people think. I do think they're going to win eleven. I think the over under is ten and a half. I think they're going to win eleven. Um, but I won't, I won't be shocked if they drop one. Chat seems to be looking at that early matchup at Arkansas as a potential Mm -hmm. loss. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Ole Miss is uh, get to buy before that game, Mm -hmm. and you know, and And they got to go on the road, yeah, that's yeah. So, you know, and you, Graham, you're saying LSU might be the team that beats them. So, if you're telling me, but there are three potential teams that can beat them, um. You know, I, I think I'm taking the over for the record. I, I think they go undefeated. But if okay. I had, if I, if, if you're telling me you got, I got to pick one for them to drop, Ole Miss seems like I've got them. Ole Miss is the second best team in the West. So I'm going to go with Ole Miss there. Yeah. And like, I think Texas and Tennessee can both score points on them. I just don't think they can get stops. No. But, uh, no. but yeah, I, I mean, I, I will get on board with the over, obviously, but I, I do think. I think 11 and one is more likely than 12 and 0. And it's like, I mean, I, before the season last year for Georgia, when we did the UGA show, it was like, yeah. if I look at all these games on the schedule independently, I think Georgia wins all of them, but it's just really hard to have an undefeated college football season. So I, I picked them to go 11 and one last year as well. So this is not me hating on Bama necessarily. I do think though, like the, when you're talking about these kind of top tier upper echelon teams, a lot of this comes down to program culture. And, you know, I think like that Bama does have really strong leaders on the defense Mm -hmm. side of the ball. I think Willie Anderson kind of sets the tone there. I think Bryce Young on offense is a a leader as well. Um, But I am curious to see like, how does Burton fit into that? How does Tyler Harrell fit into that? How do, you know, some of these guys coming from other places sort of mesh into that. And I would think that the, you know, Bama being Bama, that that force will be strong enough to kind of pull everybody in onto the same page. But I, I don't think that this Alabama team is like invincible the way that a lot of folks are, you know, I I do get that the year after Alabama has kind of failed is a a good time to bet on them historically for Mm -hmm. sure. But uh, Mm -hmm. I I'm not sitting there looking at this team thinking that, you know, like this is not the, the 2019 team. It is not, you know, some of these teams from the past. Uh, I think that there are flaws in this team and they can be had. It'll just depend. (laughs) It's Alabama Ted texting me in the middle of the show. Oh God. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) he says they're going to bust heads. So there's some deep dive (laughs) breakdown from Alabama Ted. Wow. Perfect. Thanks, well, <laughs> I will say I'm I'm with the chat personally. Watch that game at Arkansas in week 
uh, five or six because we have week zero now. But the fifth game of the year, I think I think that is going to be for the Arkansas Razorbacks. That is going to be the biggest atmosphere that they have maybe had for a football game in history because I think Alabama is going to be four and I think Arkansas is going to be four and zero. Alabama going into that environment. I'm not saying that Arkansas is going to beat them, but I do think that there's a I do think that there are some vulnerabilities uh, for that particular game that Alabama just better, better be, better be ready for that one. All right. Anything else? We should probably uh, give some updates on what we're doing next. uh, I guess we're going to do the SEC East next week. We got, we got uh, ass dog central this week coming up. I just dropped a, a pod, uh, meet your Twitter friends, some uh, some of the UJ lawyer types come in and chime in about it, name, image, and likeness and fall camp news. Um, Graham has got some new practice notes that just dropped right before we went. We started late so he could get them in there hot and ready for you guys. So if, if you're a member of Dog Central, you can go get those notes right now. If you're not, we're, we're still doing if the you're 30, not, what are you doing? 3318 still live, right? Yeah, 3318 <laughs> for six months. Uh, basically comes out to like 550 a month for your subscription um not only are you getting camp intel and practice notes and all of that stuff but you're also getting a ton of josh's analytics and statistics mm-hmm. you're getting all sorts of uh interaction with the guys from 100 sanford and my got a podcast and john and uh field, field street forum guys who are like literally as plugged into UGA recruiting as anyone. I'm yeah. not saying that with hyperbole. The data um, that, the data that's coming in from the Field Street guys is just awesome. I mean, every day it's, per, it's pertinent. It's not fluff. It's to the point. I mean, just get in there. Topical. Throw 33, yeah. throw 33 bucks down. Get in there, and yeah. you're going you're gonna to know everything you need to know without having to sift through a bunch of other crap. Yeah. We are, we are lean, lean, mean, fighting forum machine. And – I would say I'm going to say this on your behalf, John, but I would say uh, the next, the next 10 people who subscribe could probably get a run the damn 13 personnel sticker. Absolutely. So we have a run the damn personnel stickers. You can see them right here. They're fantastic. I have them. uh, I have a bunch of them. We have a run the damn 13 personnel hat as well, but the next 10 folks that subscribe, I'll reach via email. We'll get you free stickers. Uh, we'll we'll figure out a way to do some giveaways with hats coming up as well. So y'all, you know, I'm I'm a Georgia lifelong Georgia fan. I uh, have enjoyed following the team. I will say this: uh, being with the group that we're that we're with, man, y'all are gonna make me go get my hat now. Um, being with the group that that we're with, it's it's been a fantastic uh, journey the last sixty days of getting this thing off the ground. And and, and I think as the season ramps, it's just gonna be a lot of fun. So come on and join us. And if I can piggyback off that, we're we're doing the we're doing preview shows which are going to turn into film breakdowns. Uh one hundred Sanford is is bringing you a show each week with interviews with George Foster, Graham and Lawrence. Uh, uh, Lamar L- Lamar Trey. and Trey. And yeah. I mean it's like and my got a podcast is bringing in a lot of great, you know, social material and just have been just diehard dogs. We're doing, we're getting like five or six podcasts a week. We're cranking it out. We're covering this thing and just wait till the season starts. So do us a favor. Even if you don't subscribe, please share, share, like, comment. We had a hundred plus comments today. Thanks to Harry. Thanks to Kirby's visor, 478 dog, Mark Morris. We appreciate you guys tuning in live. 
and uh, we will hopefully um, look at that. We're we are we're ready. So with that, thank you for watching the SEC West preview on Dog Central. Please rate, review, and share, and uh, and subscribe. DogCentral.com. Thank you guys, and go dogs. See y'all later. <laughs>